Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, everyone, and Happy New Year. I hope you're off to a great year. I'm sure you are. And special shout out, Yoshiko, Yoshiko Dart. Our hero, our national disability rights leader, Happy New Year to you. I want to thank our lead sponsor this year, Highmark, Blue Cross Blue Shield. What an awesome company. And another uh, sponsor of ours this year, AudioEye. Two great companies. Thank you so much for being the sponsor of this show because you're helping me reach out to others. Now, one last thing. Oh my God, Ireland. What is going on there? This is where, of all the countries throughout the world, I have the most listeners. I can't thank you enough. You must all be telling each other about this show, which is awesome. Also, Japan. I see we have a lot of listeners from Japan, uh, but Ireland really stands out there. So, Ireland, keep it up, and thank you so much for for listening to this show. Well, I wanted to start the year with some really powerful shows to really hit some of the issues in the world of disability, and uh, I met this Kevin Lynch, and I was immediately just so impressed with his passion, with his commitment. Here, I'll say what you've heard me say at times before. He's the real deal. And that is why um, I wanted him on the show. He's the uh, CEO and president of the Quill Foundation. And may I say, a great disability rights leader in this country, someone um, happy to say is part of our advocacy issues. So, Kevin, welcome to the show. Joyce, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here this afternoon, and definitely shout out to uh, Ireland. I just got my genealogy back this uh, over the Christmas holiday, and 97.8% Irish. So, shout out to them. Hey, I hope you're listening, everyone. <laughs> got to tell everyone, <laughs> tell everyone about that. Um, okay, well, uh, Kevin. We, as you can see, we have listeners throughout the world, but I thought we would start by you telling our listeners uh, actually what the Quell Foundation is. What, what is it? And by the way, folks, that's Q-U-E-L-L. So, Kevin, do you want to explain it? I sure would, and thanks so much. And, and Joyce, first let me say uh, thank you very much for inviting me to be here with you today on Disability Matters. Uh, on Voice America. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about the work we're doing here at Quell, um, which is not unlike what you're doing to enhance public understanding of health-related issues uh, specific to the folks with the disability. So about us, the Quell Foundation, uh, we're a Massachusetts-based not-for-profit organization, uh, and we're dedicated to normalizing the conversation around mental health. We are absolutely confident that by changing the way society views and treats people with a mental health illness, we can have a positive impact and reduce the number of suicides, overdoses, and the incarceration of people who live with the diagnosis. So we are doing this through our awareness campaigns and events, uh, which you attended, and I'm sure we'll talk about more later. 
um, and developing access channels so that we can bridge the gap in care providers. And we're also very focused this year, 2018, in supporting our first responder community, which is so incredibly necessary. Um, mental illness. Well, you know what? I, you know what? That is, that's very important. Can you just talk about that for a minute? What caused you to do that? Well, part of my research, um, when I did a root cause analysis of, of the opioid epidemic and the suicides that are so prevalent um, in, the, in our country right now, uh, you have to think about our first responder community. Unfortunately, and I don't know what percentage of our population, uh, this country and around the world knows this, but our first responder communities have the sixth highest rate of suicide by occupation in the country. So this same group of public servants are taking their lives at an unprecedented rate because of the occupational exposure that they have. So I, I really wow. want to help I have to. I have to tell you, I did not know that. That is unbelievable. Um, I guess it's the dealing with this uh, every day that, you know, that causes that heaviness that would lead to suicide. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, would, I would venture to say, uh, given uh, the conversations I've had, there's a fair amount of institutional paranoia as well that they often can't speak out for fear of perhaps um, losing a sidearm or being taken off the rig or, or coming off the ladders. Um, we, what we need to do is help them identify it within their own ranks. So I certainly couldn't go into a, an EMS um, or a, a firehouse and talk to them about mental health. Um, within their ranks, but they can do it with each other, and we're going to help them do that. Well, uh, is this going to be training that you do, Kevin? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. We have a, a partnership developed with an organization out in uh, New, New York who's just been fantastic to us, and what we are going to do is a, a needs assessment. What we like to do is get out there, look at a department, uh, a fair representation, um, and find out what their needs are. And we could build a training program around that. And should the officers, the, um, uh, the firefighters, the EMS fighters need some help and they want to make a phone call, to perhaps teletherapy, then we're going to help pay for that so that they can, they can get the, the help and the treatment they need. Because quite honestly, I know there's a lot, I know there's some great programs out there right now, and they're, they're doing great work but they have the sixth highest rate of suicide as an occupation. So we need to do more and something different. And we're absolutely going to be focusing on that this year. That is tremendous. You know, I thought of another thing about that, Kevin. Um, as everyone knows, I live with epilepsy. Now, our, our problem is that people do not understand seizures because there are different types and there are people with epilepsy that have been tased or um, I mean terrible things have happened that has even led to death because of lack of understanding and that would be another great thing um, because we all know there are people with mental health issues that behave in a certain way at times that could lead someone to make the wrong decision. So that that's really good you're doing all of this. Thank you. So this is all amazing, and I know people are listening to the show and saying, wow, this is great. This is a great foundation um, that Kevin's the head of, uh, and it, it is. I mean, you have an amazing mission. Uh, so here's the question. 
What caused you to create this foundation? Well, so like you, Joyce, uh, my passion and motivation is rooted in a, a personal experience. Um, so quite honestly, after a traumatic life event involving my son uh, in 2012, uh, I personally uh, fell into a life-threatening depression, uh, and I was 49 years old. Um, but fortunately, uh, as a veteran, I was able to reach out and, and get the help that I needed immediately. Um, and that's not always the case with, uh, with other folks, with average waits of 8 to 12 weeks to see, um, to, to, to see a psychiatrist. So that same year, in 2012, I had uh, been accepted into a master's program down at Penn State for healthcare administration. Um, and at every opportunity to select a research project, I chose mental health. Um, in my final capstone paper uh, entitled Mental Health in America, a de facto criminal offense, um, it was really geared at trying to help me understand what happened with my life and with my, and my children. Um, so I literally took that thesis, about 197 pages of it, and started the Qual Foundation a year later um, because I had learned so much that I couldn't turn my head away from it. Um, so our goal is to normalize the conversation around mental health. It's important because... You know, I'm sure we've spoke about it before. There's 44 million Americans living with a mental health diagnosis worldwide, according to the World Health Organization. Um, just this past October, there's 450 million people worldwide currently living with a mental health illness. So I, I chose this um, as an opportunity, as a career change in my life after discussion with my wife to make a difference with 33,000 overdoses in 15 and 64,000 drug overdoses last year. Suicide, the second leading cause of death. I, my root cause and all my research leads to, in the absence of treatment, we self-medicate. And when we self-medicate, you know, negative things happen, obviously. Um, and, you know, we're, we really are focused on reducing suicides, overdoses, and the incarceration of people. Um, in the United States, we're pretty bad about that. And, you know, there are many people that go through traumatic events that are personal, such as what you just mentioned, but not everyone decides, I'm going to be an advocate, I'm going to do something about it. Why did you? What was, what was different with you? Well, you know, there's a lot of contributing factors. I don't know that my passion is any greater or less than the next person's. I just had, I had an opportunity. I... Um, I had left one position. I had been offered another position, a great, you know, actually the career the job of my life. Um, but I had learned so much about this that I couldn't, I couldn't turn away from it. And I'm fortunately in a position where I'm able to dedicate my life to this now. Um, I, I don't want to see other people's children's overdose or be put in prison or take their life if there's something that I can do. And, uh, and I plan on spending the balance of my life uh, doing something about that. It's really... I feel wholeheartedly that if we can do something about this stigma that's associated with it, the negative connotations to mental health illness, and just normalize the conversation, then we're going to create this entire paradigm shift in how society views and treats people. It's, it's not that big a deal. It really isn't that big a deal. Well, you know what, Kevin? You are a blessing to people living with mental health issues because folks remember I said he's the real deal see there are people that experience these issues but then there are people that say 
okay, now I want to do something about it, or okay, now I want to help others, I want to give back. So, you know, right now, in behalf of the disability community, I say thank you for what you're doing. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much. It's really an honor to be able to be doing something like this. Okay, and with that, we're going to go to break. Hey, if you just joined us, we're talking to Kevin Lynch, the president and CEO of the Quill Foundation, uh, and a very important show. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Kevin. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Rick Harrison from Podstars. I'm here to talk to you about the Epilepsy Foundation. I had bad seizures until I was a teenager. I thought I wouldn't have a chance to grow up, but I dared to think differently. My epilepsy taught me to be a fighter. When I said I wanted to make a TV series about my pawn shop, people thought I was nuts. But I dared to defy the odds, and Pawn Stars was born. If you have epilepsy, dare to live your fullest potential. The Epilepsy Foundation will help you dare. Visit epilepsy.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Kevin Lynch, the president and CEO of the Quill Foundation. Uh, Kevin, I was like so honored to be invited to this gala. I was so excited to be there. I didn't get it that I had to come with the mask on, but now I know. (laughs) Now I know. But it was powerful. It was really powerful. Uh, So... I want you to tell our listeners, you know, you, you all heard me talk about a masquerade. Okay, you tell them why it was a masquerade ball. Joyce, that was an absolutely sensational night for our, first, our, our second time uh, doing a ball. We, we had great, great success. And I have to say, we had the honor of you joining us for that incredible event. So thanks so much for taking that trip up to uh, Newport. The masquerade ball is our annual um, and our our greatest component of our awareness campaign. With one in five people having some form of mental health illness, it's extremely likely that everyone knows somebody. We're just not talking about it 
as much as we should. So I know and we know that millions and millions of people across the globe with a mental health illness hide behind a mask. Why? Because there's a stigma, there's stereotypes and social misconceptions, because they're afraid of being judged, alienated, or labeled. So as you recall at the beginning of the evening when I spoke and welcomed all the guests, I invited our sponsors, the 325 guests and students who traveled across the country to join us, um, to join me as I lifted my mask to remove the stigma. Um, People want to make a difference, and the, mask, the masquerade ball provides a wonderful atmosphere to do just that. We, we normalize the conversation, and I, I think it's a, it was a great experience for everybody that was there, and it gave us the opportunity to highlight our scholarship recipients and show them that nationally they have the, the support of this country. Yeah, so everyone, first of all, Kevin, how, are you kidding, it was the second one? That was our second one, yep. Oh, my goodness. See, I've been to Gaylos, the first one. There's hardly any people there. You, If you had been at this, you would never believe it was only the second one. Wow. You have great sponsors. Well, you're at the top, but you have great sponsors. I have um, phenomenal sponsors. I do. Yeah, that, that was just uh, awesome. But it's, you know, as Kevin just told you, many, 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 many people living with a psychiatric disability, hide. In other words, they don't tell anyone. Uh, That's what Kevin meant, which was like so appropriate, uh, you know, take off the mask. And that's why everyone wore the mask. And then when Kevin told them, he took off his and everyone took off theirs. It's so ironic we're talking about this right now because just yesterday I was with... Uh, the CEO of a company here, and he was talking about his son who has clinical depression and that many things have happened that have been a problem for his father and that his son said to him one day, Dad, I have to tell you something. I know on the outside I looked very happy and all is well, but on the inside it's a whole different world. And when he told this, my CEO, Mary, who who you saw, was with me at the gala, Kevin, said, well, I want to tell you something. I live with depression, and I uh, take medication, and it changed my life. You know, everything is so great. And he almost fell off the – he's known her for years. And he said, you have got to be kidding. I would (laughs) never know that. And you know when he said that? This is what I tell companies when they say to me, Joyce, we know you focus on providing employment for people with disabilities. Here's what we want you to do. We want you to help us hire people. And I say, stop right there. You have employees all across your organization that have disabilities, you know, whether it's MS, juvenile diabetes, but truly many living with a psychiatric disability, whether it's bipolar, depression, schizoid affect, whatever it is, they're just not telling you. So, you know, this amazes me. Companies are very reticent to hire a person with a disability, and yet they already have them working there. I mean, with a mental health issue, they already are working there. So, um, what, what, what a good, what a good, what a, what a apropos thing. And, and Kevin, one other thing. Um, 
How about telling everyone why the name, the Quell Foundation? You know, um, there's, I thought long and hard about the Quell Foundation. I, I wanted to, you only get one shot at coming out of the gate the first time, and I wanted to nail this one. And I didn't want to have a name that was associated with mental health because there's a negative connotation right away. So half the people I would talk to would check out of a conversation. The rest of them thought they already knew everything I would say. So by naming it Quell, and by definition, Quell means to bring balance in order to chaos. And that's what we're here to do. Whether, whether it's you who have a diagnosis, you need a little balance to the chaos, or you want to help a family or friend member. We're, we're, we're going to help bring balance in order to the chaos. And that's why the name Quell. And I, I just I really loved it. It worked well. It's perfect. Uh, okay, so if you're listening right now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell 10 other people to listen to this show. Because you could be talking to someone right now. They have depression. They have some type of psychiatric disability. It's just you don't know. They aren't telling you. You could really be helping them. You know, what Kevin does, how powerful is this? If you save a life, there isn't anything more powerful. So if you're listening to the show, I want you to tell other people to go back and listen to this show. It's on my website. It's on Voice uh, America. And you can access it through Apple. So Tell people to go back and listen to this show. That's number one. Number two, Kevin, how do you make a donation to the Quell Foundation? The Quell Foundation has a fantastic website. Um, that is, it's thequellfoundation.org. We just launched our second edition of it. Mod Worldwide out in Philly did an absolutely knockout job on it. This is an organization who reached out to me and offered to help. I didn't have to solicit them. And they're doing it because it's in their heart to do it. And they have donated so much of their time, resources, money to helping lift the mask on mental health. And it's just amazing. So if they go to our, our foundation website, thequalfoundation.org, uh, there's, there's avenues there uh, where they can help us out and donate. And so if someone makes a, wants to make a contribution, they just go to your website? Yes, there's uh, information for mailing. They can also mail a check or they could sponsor one of our events. That's very helpful. Um, all of our proceeds are going towards the mission. So um, what I absolutely want to share with your listeners at some junctions is our scholarship program and what we are doing and, and, and how much money we have given to this population of kids. Uh, that's where the money goes for their, when we receive support. Well, Kevin, why don't we talk about that right now? Uh, oh. And then we can follow that with some success stories. You want to tell everyone, uh, because I think it, too, is so awesome. So tell everyone uh, about this scholarship program. I'll do that. Um, and, and I'm beside myself when I talk about this because it's still kind of hard to believe how successful we have been. So we have three scholarships that we provide, the Fighter, Survivor, and Bridge the Gap. Our fighter scholarship is for students who, who have a diagnosed mental health illness and are currently under the care of a professional, and they're going on to post-secondary school. Our survivor, which is funded 100% by my wife, Karen, um, is for students who lost a parent or a sibling to suicide. Uh, and our final uh, scholarship is Bridge the Gap because there is a, 
a dearth in providers in the United States and nationally, uh, globally. We have 55% of our counties are considered mental health professional shortage areas. So as I had mentioned earlier, 8 to 12 weeks to get an appointment. So I'm trying to help fund the next generation of providers so that our kids don't have to wait that long. We have distributed over $300,000 in scholarships in our first two years. We're only two years old. Um, We have given 130 students scholarships. They come from 26 states, and they're attending 81 different colleges and universities. I have uh, letters of agreement with four different colleges and universities across the country to provide scholarships to our next generation of caregivers, which is just fantastic. But success stories, in my opinion, and I believe this to my core, that every single person we award one of our fighter and survivor Bridge Gap scholarships to, they are a success story. These adults, these young adults, in spite of having to navigate life with a diagnosed mental health illness or having lost a parent or sibling to suicide, have successfully stared down the challenge, often, very often, unfortunately, alone, that not only comes with those early life experiences, but also the unattended consequences, the alienation we talked about, the socially imposed stigmas, negative labels. In spite of all this, these people uh, are successful in pursuing post-secondary education. If I had to give you two people, and, I, and I'm more than happy to, to call out two folks, one of them, uh, actually both of them, uh, Joyce, you, you listened to at our masquerade ball. Michaela Kearney okay. is, a, is a remarkable, remarkable woman. Um, She's a young lady who is a Qual Foundation scholarship recipient. She has been awarded our Fighter, our Survivor, and our Bridge the Gap scholarships. At 13 years old, Michaela got off the bus and found her brother had taken his life. Um, She is featured in our documentary. She and her mom, as you know, Sharon, uh, were the keynote speakers at our Masquerade Ball this past year. And Michaela in spite of all of the challenges that she's had as a young adult, she will be graduating in May from Boston College with a degree as a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Wow. How, how do you not want to hug awesome. that? <laughs> Is that awesome? She's wow. doing great, great work, and she's going to continue to do so. Um, the, other one, one, uh, the other young lady that I would mention is uh, Claire Griffiths. Um, Claire also spoke at our masquerade ball. Um, she missed a year and a half of high school while receiving treatment for her diagnosis. And now, right now, Claire travels the country speaking about bipolar disorder. She and her f- entire family are featured in our documentary. We awarded her a fighter scholarship. And, and this young lady started her freshman year of college this past September at 17 years old out in Carlsbad, California. She's just another rock star. They're all, they're all great. And we get to help them. <laughs> yeah, and you know, if you met them, which, you know, when, if, for example, when I was talking about, oh, I've got to find more uh, opportunities for people with bipolar disorder, she just was on fire. I mean, both of them were really on fire at this, uh, just as you said, giving hope to so many people. Uh, I can't imagine what that means to you, Kevin. It it means the world to me. It it means the world. uh, You know, I look at it as a parent, um, and it's just, it's, I'm incredibly proud of what these, I don't know that I would have been able to do that at their age. 
So when, when I disclosed publicly that I was diagnosed with um, clinical depression, I, I was afraid to do it. I did it on social media. I did it everywhere that I could because if I was going to ask everybody else to lift the mask and remove the stigma, then I had to be the first one. And I was terrified to do it because I knew I was opening myself up to judgment of other people. But the exact opposite happened, and I started getting emails from my Navy buddies years and years ago who said, me too, I have my family. Everybody, without exception, was very supportive of it. And it's just been remarkable. It's been absolutely remarkable. But I'm not a 25- or 23-year-old student. You know, at my age, there's not a lot that people can do to affect my career and my finances and my well-being anymore. These people are at the beginning of their lives, at the beginning of their careers, and by saying something and and communicating and and taking a stand and saying, this is what bipolar looks like, this is what depression with PTSD looks like, they're knocking down the barriers. I'm I'm, I'm just helping them out a little bit. They're They're the heroes in all of this. Yeah, you're helping them out a lot. And I just want to mention, uh, Karen, his wife, Karen Lynch, is the president at Aetna. And here you go. What a great story. Someone at that level, someone at that level, though, taking time, uh, you know, to help others. And it's not always like that. And that that one uh, program is funded that you talked about is so important for so many people who do have family members uh, that have died by suicide, uh, you know, that's a very, very hard thing. Uh, and, I, and, I, and a lot of them are young people. So um, I think that's really great that you do that, Kevin. I think that's well, really Thank you great. very much. Yeah, thank you. you know, now, to, um, go ahead. To, to, to come full circle on Karen, um, Karen funds that survivor scholarship for a very specific reason. It's actually named after her mother. Karen's mom, when when Karen was young, um, took her own life. Her her mom had schizophrenia. And that impacted Karen in a big way, and of course her siblings as well. But her entire life has been focused on helping other people succeed in spite of overwhelming adversities, and that's why she's doing this. And she is now an incredible voice for mental health. So yeah, that is really proud of her. That, that is because she has the platform as you do. So that that is uh, wonderful. And Kevin, you know that what I do for a living and have for over 22 years is partner with companies uh, to find employment for people with disabilities in IT finance, you know, all areas, and I have to tell you, there. And this is why people hide behind that mask. There is tremendous discrimination for people living with a mental health issue. I mean, of all of the disabilities, it is the most difficult. And right now, because you frequently hear people say, you know, when there's some uh, mass murder or whatever it is, uh, talking about, and those with mental illness, you know, that's, that's not good. Because then, you know, you have everyone thinking, oh, yeah, it's these people with mental illness that commit these uh, heinous crimes. And I've got to tell you, People with a mental health issue hurt themselves more than they hurt others. But nonetheless, there is this 
terrible discrimination. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, why do you think companies are like that? And what are your ideas or thoughts of what we can do in this country to change that stigma? Well, Joyce, what you're doing is um, is incredible. You know, it, there are so many people that are working right now that have value and give purpose to their life because of what you're doing. And that's so thank you. We need more people to give a voice to those people that often can't speak on their own behalf. So to answer your question, um, although every person out there knows someone or loves someone who has experienced mental health illness, people are still scared of the unknown. We don't know what it looks like. You can't touch mental health. So for decades uh, with psychiatric disabilities or mental illnesses, people have always been labeled as crazy. um, Employers, like many people, see a mental disability as different from physical or mental, um, uh, or medical rather. Um, But because so many people were scared to talk about their own stories, movies and televisions and newspapers were often the setting um, for describing, creating what the norm is for what a mental health illness looks like. And it's always or often portrayed in an extreme way. Actually, statistically, 4.3% of violent crimes are committed by somebody with a mental health illness. But society needs to reconcile with these heinous crimes, as you mentioned, and when we attribute it to a mental health illness, that helps us reconcile with it. It's, it's not us, it's them. So like many other things, lack of knowledge and information leads to suspicion or distrust of people who exhibit symptoms of mental illness. Um, and that's what's creating the stigma, which results in lack of empathy and, of course, understanding. Um, linking discrimination to fear... Um, is has been ingrained in us since we were young. I mean, think about the, sh- the Shining. Uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. That's where we got our picture of what mental health looked like. But in recent years, people have been courageous in telling their stories, which is so great. Uh, people like Patrick Kennedy, Lady Gaga, Demi Lovato, Prince Harry, me, Claire, Michaela, we're normalizing the conversation. What we have seen at the Qual Foundation is that one person will tell a story of his or her psychiatric battles, and it gives others the courage to do the same. Uh, it's, it's incredibly encouraging. But the more we rally around the reality that mental health is an illness that countless people live with and have successful careers with, the better we'll all be for it. You know, we don't refuse to hire candidates who have diabetes or cancer. So, you know, why are we refusing to hire people with a mental health illness and treating them differently? We need to continue to provide our employers, education, data, and information about mental illness and to help them understand that supporting an, an individual with a mental health disability is no different than supporting an employee with a medical condition such as cancer. Um, it's also a great opportunity for us to encourage employers to support their employees' mental health by offering uh, employee assistant programs, um, continuous education, and perhaps helping their employees or prospective employees <clears throat> Just feel comfortable to talk openly about their condition. Mental health doesn't issues, they don't happen in a, in a vacuum. They don't exist in a vacuum. Um, serious mental illness in the United States costs $193 billion in lost earnings annually. Every employer that is capable of dealing with both physical and mental health issues will have an absolutely much healthier and more productive workforce. Yeah, and I I just want to, again, point out that, first of all, you're right on. You know, here here we go. Um, 
people don't realize, why would I say medication helps? Why? Because it's a medical condition, just like me with epilepsy. Why do I take medication? To prevent seizures. You know, it's the same thing. It's a hormonal or chemical issue. It is not, there's that crazy man or crazy woman. You know, you gave the best example. I will hire you with diabetes, but I will not hire you with a mental health issue. And yet, they're both medical uh, disabilities. They're both caused by something. So yeah. I'm really glad you pointed that out. And then also um, about what can we do to stop it. I like the example you gave that more people have to come forward because until more people come forward, people will live behind that mask. They, they know their stigma. That's what amazes me. They're already working. People with mental health issues are already employees of company across America, and yet they don't want to hire people. Well, you already have. They just aren't telling you. So, um, yeah, you, you know, that, that is so, so true. So, once again, if you want to support the Quell Foundation, what do you do? Well, to support the Qual Foundation, um, the good news is that there's a, a bunch of not-for-profit organizations uh, focused on mental health, but we are staying true to our mission, which is laser-focused on increasing access to mental health professionals so that we can absolutely reduce suicides, overdoses, and the incarceration of people with a mental health illness. Um, we would ask, uh, we're only two years old, and we've had an incredible, expe- incredible success in this short period of time because of selfless giving of time, resources, and funding from so many organizations uh, across the country. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention these uh, enormous contributions by Magellan Healthcare, Aetna, Zudi, Maud Worldwide, certainly the Kennedy Forum, and countless others who have stepped forward to help the Qual Foundation uh, lift the mask on mental health. And Joyce, I am incredibly grateful to you for also providing this platform to raise awareness so that more people can stand up and stand beside folks with a mental health diagnosis. If folks would listen and would like to help, uh, I would ask them to uh, go to our website, thequalfoundation.org. Um, certainly read some of the stories, see the experiences uh, of some of our graduate, our students, our scholarship recipients, um, and make a donation if that's what's on their heart to do. And, and you can go there and find that page today. Once again, the website, is it quellfoundation.org? It is the quellfoundation.org. Okay, that's good. Um, well, Kevin, we have a lot of young people with disabilities with mental health issues listening to the show or families of young people living with mental health issues, listening to the show. <clears throat> what, what advice do you have for them? Because as I've told you on the work I do, many of them are brutally bullied. So wh- what advice do you have? Yeah, I, I think this next generation, this younger population, Gen Z and, and after, um, these, these kids are just absolute rock stars. Um, what I would say to them is be relentless with access to care that you need. The provider shortage is staggering, and it's a real challenge, especially for children and young adults. But use all of your connections, all of your resources, and don't give up. Ensure that you get the help that you need, your brother or sister, your son or daughter. Don't give up. And know that there are people and resources like the Qual Foundation that want to help. 
You're not alone. This is, that's so important for them to understand that they're not alone. Talk with people. Share their story. I'm confident. I am really confident that this generation is going to help end the stigma around mental health. Um, and I know that they're going to help us find that bright light that leads to a brighter tomorrows for all of us. This, this generation, Joyce, is the one that has, that's standing up to bullying. They're, they chose to tackle one of childhood's most significant issues, and they're standing up to it. This generation has brought inclusiveness to the LGBTQ community. They've supported their right to they have supported their right to equality and made it socially unacceptable to voice a negative opinion of any of our friends in the LGBTQ community. They have already grown up standing up for what was right. So what I would ask them is to take this challenge also. Lift the mask on mental health. Remove the stigma. Don't be afraid. You are one of 44 million Americans, 450 million global citizens that are just like you. And what about people who are contemplating suicide? What, what advice would you give them? I would, always, uh, I would always refer to the suicide hotline. Those folks over there know exactly how to handle that. Um, they're the professionals in this field. Contemplating suicide, talk about it, say something, ask for help. Just share that information. One of our, one of our biggest barriers right now, it's not only, it's not only the person who is at risk, but it's their family who don't know what to do. It's their roommate, their classmate, um, their friends. They don't know what to do. So if you just reach out and talk about it, I need, I'm thinking, I have, then we can get some help for them. But always first, if this is a life-threatening situation, always call Suicide Hotline. Yeah, I agree. Don't wait. Don't wait. Um, And you know what? Things can become so different for you, so wonderful, but you've got to, to do that, you've got to make that call. And for those of you um, listening to the show that know someone, a young person with a mental health issue, being bullied, stand up, be their friend. There isn't anything as powerful as having a friend when you deal with these issues. And by the way, I agree with you about what you said about these this generation. I They have a social conscious. They want to give back, and I believe that's who's going to help us with change. I do. I do believe that. So, Kevin, look at you. You've done so much. I can't believe this Quell Foundation was started two years ago. That absolutely is astonishing to me after being at this gala. I mean, you you really were able to garner the support of uh, so many people. And why do you think that is? Why do you think these sponsors um, so quickly were so engaged to want to do this? It goes back to everybody knows somebody. If one in five people have a diagnosis, it's unlikely. Never in any conversations that I've had with thousands of people now from, from my capstone paper all the way through today has ever said, I don't know anyone. I will tell you that when Maud reached out to me and said, we'd like to help you with your website, I flew down there and sat across the table from John and Nina Stanley and asked them why. Because I needed to know that they were in on this, and I needed to know that they had a story, that, this was, that they were passionate about it. And I've done that with every partner that we've, we've partnered up with that we talked to. And each one of them, without exception, has a story. 
everybody knows somebody and they want to do something. I'm not... I'm not actively involved in legislative reformation. I'm staying in my lane. I am laser-focused on what I want to do and what we are doing, that we are going to help this next generation. And I think that that's why everybody wants to get on board. I'm helping, we are helping the next generation of care providers, and we're, we're, giving, we're, we're telling these students that are applying, that have the guts to apply for a scholarship based on a mental health diagnosis, that you're awesome, that you, you're, you're freaking awesome. 81 different colleges they're going to. They're across the country. There's no exception. Everyone knows somebody, and these organizations want to be part of that momentum. And I couldn't be more grateful to them. I just really could not be more grateful. Me, I know. That's so wonderful. So, Kevin, you've got passion. You're, you're doing the right thing. You're, you're making a difference. You have to have a role model. So uh, who has been the role model now or in the past or in history, whatever it is? Now that's, um, you know, I, I had this conversation as we bounced, bounced through some of the questions. Um, at, at this point in my life, um, I have a lot of people who influence me. I have what I call my personal board of directors, um, people who, who help me make decisions along my career path uh, and also in my personal life. But if I had to call out or, or mention three people I've, um, who have really influenced me, Karen. I, I explained uh, why Karen, um, Karen, Karen today, regardless of the position she holds, in healthcare, is singularly the most humble person I've ever met. Uh, she is as humble today as the day I met her when she was 19 years old. So I just think she's uh, amazing, and without her, the foundation wouldn't exist. Um, somebody who, and I love her, so, but somebody who influences me personally, um, I watch. I'm a, I, I'm a people watcher. My brother. I would have to say my brother, Shane. Um, and he's my younger brother, but... Uh, I watch him with his wife, his kids, his siblings. He doesn't have a negative bone in his body. And he treats everyone as though they're his best friend. He never, I have never heard him have a negative word. And he's just very, very supportive of me. So when I get down or when I get aggravated with people and things because they're not going at the pace I need them to go, he's my voice of reason. He, he is just an amazing guy. Uh, and I, I would, I absolutely have to say uh, my dad. Um, my dad raised seven kids, so if I had a mentor, it would definitely be this guy. Um, he raised seven kids in the 70s, so you can imagine what that was like, and he did whatever it took to put food on the table. He helped us with our homework. He inspired us to reach for seemingly unattainable goals, and he, to this day, at 80 years old, is still setting the example. So a lot, some of what I do, I like to know that that what he taught me when I was young rubbed off and that I'm also going to try and make a difference in people's lives. And, and that's because of him. Wow. That, that is powerful. Very, very powerful. Well, you know, you've already, uh, look what you've done. I mean, holy cow. You've already done so much uh, in your life already. But what would you consider your greatest accomplishment? Um, I would say uh, it was actually probably the most the scariest moment 
uh, of my life, um, and it was just recently. I was I was just scared. Um, last year in, in May of 2016, uh, I had the honor of delivering the commencement address at Penn State, and I knew that. The dean who asked me to speak knew what my platform was, uh, knew that my passion was around mental health uh, and, and wellness and what we're going to do for this generation. So in my final message, as I spoke, I invited all the honored guests, the faculty, family and friends, everyone there in the Bryce Jordan Center that day to accept one final challenge before those kids became, uh, those students became uh, alumni. Um, and my question to them was, and I was choking when I said this because I was afraid of what happens if this is only my passion. So my question was, if you had a friend, a relative, or a loved one that could not see the light at the end of the tunnel, would you go sit with them in the dark? I asked them, would you stand up and stand beside someone to show them your support if they were struggling with a mental health illness? If your answer is yes, I ask them to stand up right here and right now. And Joyce, it was though somebody flipped the light switch, and it still, still gives me chills because 14,000 people stood up. It was absolutely amazing, and I almost couldn't finish the speech. What I recognize is that we are changing how people view and treat those of us with a mental health illness. I stood up there at 64240 saying, I have clinical depression. It's probably not what you thought. And 14,000 people stood up, and uh, it was just really powerful. That, that is the highlight. It's, it's my greatest accomplishment for the foundation is having that many people recognize it. And, and I can't count the amount of donations and the amount of uh, cards and letters and emails that we received uh, at the foundation as a result of that. It's just been overwhelmingly supportive. You can go to YouTube and see this. And I was just blown away when one by one by one, all those students stood up. I mean, that was so powerful uh, and wonderful because I'm thinking, wow, if they all do this, what a difference will that make in this country, in the world, and for people, you know, living with mental health? You've got to see it. What's that under? Do you know Kevin Lynch speaking um, at Penn State? I'm sorry. Yeah, Penn, Penn State uh, Commencement. Uh, it, it's actually the College of uh, Health and Human Development, so HHD Commencement, May 2016. It's also um, it. on our website, thequalfoundation.org. Oh, okay. Well, then go there, qualfoundation.org. You've got to see and hear this. It is so powerful. Um, you know, I heard about it, uh, and I wanted to see it, and I said, wow, this is really something. And it is. So anyway, Kevin, it has been so wonderful to have you as my guest today. I'm so excited about what you're doing at the Quail Foundation. Uh, I'm so proud to know you, and I'm so honored that you would join us today. Joyce, thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm so grateful for your time and your trust uh, and endorsement of uh, the Qual Foundation and what we're doing and, and also what you're doing for folks out in the community with disability. It's, uh, it's an honor. I, I'm really thankful. Okay. Well, listen, Kevin, what message do you want to leave with our listeners today? 
my final message uh, to the to listeners um, is I encourage them to tackle the world's most prevalent disease, to stand up and remove the stigma on mental health within their families, their communities, their work and social groups. And I'm, I'm not saying that they should make it a career, but they should make it a priority because sometimes even the smallest of gestures have the largest of impacts. Reaching a hand out to somebody contemplating suicide is the smallest of gestures that has the largest of impacts. And if I would say that if they personally live with a challenge, whether it's in their body or in their mind, refuse to succumb to the stigma. Refuse to be labeled, categorized, or limited by influences that are beyond your control. Nobody chooses to have cancer. Nobody chooses to have PTSD. When you feel compelled to lie down, I implore them to stand up and fight and to use their education, motivation, drive, all of their resources to not only lift the mask and remove the stigma, but to uh, embrace and support and encourage those closest to them who live daily with the challenges that that come with having an illness. And finally, I would say uh, get involved. We must make the most of this growing momentum of crushing the stigma of mental illness. It's, it's happening. We can feel it. It's palpable. Uh, even over the past few years, the wave to crush it is ever growing, and we must be resilient with our efforts to keep building the awareness, funding, and definitely education and support. Joyce, thank oh. you again so much for having me here today. Oh, oh, it is my pleasure. Quail Foundation, make a contribution today. You know I end every show with a quote, so today it has to be Demi Lovato talking about living with bipolar disorder, and she says, I've never felt more comfortable and confident in my skin than I do today. Recovery and body acceptance is possible. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice on Disability Matters. Join us next week with my guest, Jenny Lay Flurry from Microsoft. Talk to you then. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.